When you know what you need to do, but you're still not doing it. Because the truth is most of us know, okay, yeah, journaling helps or meditation's good or I need, I should exercise or, you know, if I eat this food, I'm going to feel this way. Like we know, right? Give a little comment below or if an emoji if it's like, you know what you need to do, but you're still not doing it. And it's like, what is that block? What is that separation? It's actually called, you know, uh, knowledge and action gap. There's a gap between the knowledge and the action. And so we're going to be talking about that a little bit as to why this happens and also different tactics. And it's not necessarily strategies or tactics because a lot of it is learning how to sink into the heart. And a lot of it is learning how to take imperfect action. Um, I have an example for you and, and tell me if this resonates with you because I joke, but it's not a joke that I am a recovered perfectionist and sometimes recovering, right? Where different tendencies will start to show back up and I get to catch myself of notice like, Oh, I'm trying to control this and trying to make this perfect when it could actually be a lot easier if I let myself show up imperfectly because the truth is it never looks that way to other people. It's just my own self-judgments and self-imposed criticisms of thinking it should look a certain way. So the first part, and I wrote little notes. Normally I don't ever have notes for my podcasting. I just let it be like a channeling thing of like knowledge and letting it come. But for this one, I kind of put a couple bullet points because I wanted to be, um, I want to be concise with what it is that I'm sharing with you because there's certain things that really made a big difference for me in overcoming perfectionism and being able to do the things that were supportive for me. Because I remember seeing people that were really healthy and I just hated them. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I would see people that were healthy and they would take care of themselves and work out. And in my mind, I'm like, why is it easy for them? (laughs) I'd be so pissed off because I'd be like, this is so difficult for me. Why is it difficult for me and easy for them? It was like that feeling of like, like feeling left out or something. (laughs) And so the first thing is learning how to slow down the train of thought. And one of the best ways to do this is taking back your mornings and your evenings. So, you know, like when you have books, I don't have a bookshelf, but if you have books, there's a, there's bookends and these are like heavy things that hold the books and stand up straight. I like to create bookends in my life, um, by having a no phone time in the morning, the first hour of waking up and the last hour before I go to bed, not scrolling, not checking email, no technology, no screens. You know, obviously on the weekends, if I'm with my boyfriend, like we want to watch a movie, like, heck yeah, let's sit down and watch a movie. But I'm talking like the Monday through Friday, the normal routine. And this was a hard one for me to break. And I think as a society in 2021, you know, we're glued to our cell phones. Like, hello, obviously I love social media and cell phones because here we are. Um, But if we can start to create a little bit of sacred space for ourselves, especially in the morning, because when we first wake up, are, we're still kind of in this waking space. Our mind is very easily influenced as we wake up. It's kind of like, you know, that dream state starting to wake up. And if the first thing we do is grab our cell phone and start to look um, through social media or see what new messages are, um, it puts our body into a very stressed state. Even if we don't feel like it's stressed, it is stressed because we are so stimulated so quickly with so much information. And it's not... um, 
it's not organic, right? We are in the sense that throughout all of time, we haven't had this much information and this much stimulation available in the palm of our hands the way that we do now. And so it starts to affect us. It affects our sleep. It affects our focus. It affects our stress. You might even start to create some anxiety. And it the biggest thing is it blocks us from hearing our own inner wisdom and our intuitive guidance. That's the biggest reason thing, you know? And so if we don't, if you aren't looking at your phone that first hour of waking up, then what are you doing, right? Being able to, you might look around, you're like, well, what do I do? All of a sudden you start making your bed. All of a sudden you start opening a journal, right? And I teach meditation and journaling um, because it's something that I really struggled with. Because I used to say like, oh, that's just not how my mind works. I could not do that. Like that was how I looked at meditation and journaling of like, I was like, I only journal when I'm really sad and pissed off. (laughs) That used to be me. Or I only meditate Actually, I didn't believe I could meditate because the idea of what I thought it needed to be was so different from what it can be. It can be something that's three minutes standing up with your face in the sun in the backyard and your feet on the grass. Meditation is anytime you allow your mind to focus on something. Maybe you're focusing on the sounds that you hear. Maybe you're focusing on your breath. Maybe you're focusing on a mantra or a affirmation, right? Meditation is not just clearing your mind because it's impossible. And so I think when you set the tone of saying meditation is clearing my mind and then you're like, well, I can't do that. Then all of a sudden it's like, boom, I don't meditate. Instead, the practice of when your mind wanders and you've realized it wanders and you bring it back, like that is the practice. That is learning how to observe our own thoughts. And so a big part of doing the things that you know you need to do is allowing yourself to do it imperfectly. Say, you know, I'm going to show up and I'm going to try this and me trying it is going to be enough no matter what, even if it's totally, you know, even if your mind wanders like 500 times (laughs) and then you realize and you bring it back to breathing and then you realize and you bring it back. That's why it's a practice, right? We have to continue practicing doing it. Um, So slowing down the train of thought with meditation. The second thing that I wanted to share is learning how to do things once. And this was a huge breakthrough for me when I first learned this, because if you're someone who, you know, say you get an email and you see that email, but then you're like, I'm not going to reply to that email yet. Cause I don't know exactly what I'm going to say yet. So then you leave that email and then that email's in the back of your mind, right? Because you didn't close the loop meaning you didn't complete it, it's still something that's there, right? Because you're wanting to have, and this is actually a sign of perfectionism, wanting to have the perfect thing to say. And so whether it be emails, text messages, DMs in Instagram, you know, or, or laundry or seeing something like when you notice it, taking the time to be like, oh, I'm going to do it now. And even if you have to kind of force yourself to do it where you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm saying the right thing or what if I feel differently later and I want, like, this is how we learn to have trust with ourselves, of trusting. <laughs> yeah. So if you're feeling and resonating with this, like tell me in the comments, learning how to trust ourselves to do it once. And this is where we start to practice and embody the art, I call it the art of messy action because it feels so messy to us, right? It feels messy to do it when we're like, but I'm so used to taking time to think about it. But what that does is it creates so much clutter in our mind and it creates so much stress because we have all these unfinished tasks taking up headspace. So doing things once, 
honoring your time by doing it once. And so for example, I don't go in to my direct messages until I am prepared to respond to all of them. And there's been times where I see a message and I'm like, oh, I think I, <laughs> I think I need to think about this. <laughs> So if you guys have ever struggled with overthinking, like drop an emoji in the comments if you've struggled with overthinking before. We are like, I think I need to think about thinking about this thing before I respond. Okay. So it becomes this challenge of starting to say, oh, I'm going to go into these messages and I'm going to reply to all of them. And I'm going to trust that however I say it or whatever I say is going to be what needs to be said. And this is how we strengthen the, the trust muscle, right? Trusting ourselves, And at the same time, if you're like, Ooh, I'm not prepared to go respond to these messages or respond to these emails. So I'm going to schedule with myself at this time, you know, later today or tomorrow or whatever. Like if you have messages, like I give myself a 48 hour window, I don't put any pressure on myself to respond, but I normally do because I enjoy it. And I've started to strengthen that muscle of doing it once. But there were times in the past where I would let it get so overwhelming and I felt this barrier as to why I'm like, why am I not doing this? Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, I don't feel a certain way. I need to feel a certain way in order to do this, to show up my best, because what if they get the wrong impression? And it was just like this rabbit hole of overthinking. And so this is related to the perfectionism. And so letting yourself do it once, and you'll start to notice these moments. Yeah, scheduling with yourself. Schedule times that it'll work best for you, but also just giving yourself grace of knowing, okay, I'm going to do it messy. And it only feels messy to you. It will not feel or look messy to anyone else, okay? And so there's also a part of when you know that you need to do things, but you're also not doing it, asking yourself the question and being reflective of, what am I avoiding feeling? Because that question has moved mountains for me. When I ask, what am I avoiding feeling? And when I ask myself that question and I kind of sit with it for a moment, these different fears. It's like, oh, I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing, or I'm afraid of sounding dumb. I'm afraid of being rejected. I'm afraid of doing it wrong. That's honestly, that's what the biggest fear would come down to is I'm afraid of not doing it perfect. I'm afraid of not doing it right. And if you're someone that doesn't resonate with perfectionism, ask yourself, do you do anything perfect? And if your answer is like, hell no, I don't do anything perfect, then you're likely a perfectionist or you have some perfectionist tendencies because I did not at all resonate with being a perfectionist until people started to point out that I will control things to make sure that the image of how I'm seen is seen a certain way. Or, you know, I only will sit down to do something and then guess what happens? Procrastination. Because we want to feel a certain way in order to do things, or we think it's supposed to look a certain way, or it's supposed to be a certain way. And all of a sudden the, I should be doing this, or I should be feeling this, or it should look this way. So what happens? We delay and we delay and we delay. And we're not saying I'm never going to do it. Even worse, we say, I'm going to do it tomorrow. It's one of the most um, seductive lies that we tell ourselves is I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Um, So 
Just take note of that. So learning to do things once if for, or if someone's calling you, this is a big one too. If someone's calling you and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I have the mental energy to have this conversation because I need to be feeling a certain way. So you don't answer that phone call. Well, guess what? Now it's on your mind that you have to call that person back, right? So practicing doing it once and showing up, even if you feel like it's going to be messy, even if you feel like it's imperfect, because every time that you do that, you strengthen the trust within yourself. And maybe you answer the phone and you only have five minutes, but you know that that person calling is going to want to talk to you for a long time. Then you get to practice expressing your boundaries of, and this is what it can look like. Like, Hey, I'm so excited to connect with you, but I just need you to know, like I only have five minutes because I'm about to walk into this thing. So I just wanted to give you a heads up. Perfect. You've just set the tone for what you're available for in a loving way. So then that person that needs to tell you something can get to the point. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that, right? And so I encourage you to start to notice of doing things once, not letting it linger and take up that precious headspace because then it blocks your creativity. It blocks like all these things. And so start to notice, Rosie said, this is exactly what I needed here today. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad because this one thing has it's a continuous process, right? Of strengthening it, strengthening it myself. Because I remember I used to have this habit of going into my DMs. <laughs> I'm just being transparent. I would go to my DMs and read them. And then I'd mark them as unread to be able to go back to reply later. <laughs> and then it would just stress me out. like because. And so every time I go to do that, but I'm like, okay, if I'm going into my DMs, I am replying. Even if there's a part of my, and it's my ego, right? The part that wants to keep me safe, that wants to control how I look, that wants to have things be perfect when perfect doesn't fucking exist. And it's just an illusion of doing it once, writing it out and sending it, not overthinking it, challenging the overthinking. Okay. And then I shared this on the podcast yesterday, but I want to share this again because I think it's important. It's four questions. You can write these four questions down whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, whenever you're overthinking or kind of having like perfectionistic tendencies. Very first question, how can I make this more fun? How can I make this more fun? Whenever you are doing anything, ask, how can I make this more fun? Maybe you need to like shake your shoulders before you sit down to start something that is more like requires a lot of headspace. Maybe you need to put on some background music. Um, maybe you need to, I don't know, your intuition and your inner wisdom will know when you ask certain questions, it evokes certain answers from you. Okay. So how can I make this more fun is question number one. Question number two, how can I make this easier? If you find yourself procrastinating or not doing something because it feels difficult, then ask yourself that question. How can I make it easier? How can I make this easier? Because if we can find a way to make it easier that still allows us to get it done, then we get to enjoy that feeling of completion. But if we require it to look a certain way or be perfect or be elaborate, and if we continue to not do it, then we're not getting anywhere. So how can, so question number one, how can I make this more fun? Question number two, how can I make this easier? Hi, Lauren, welcome. Question number three, how can this be simplified? Similar to question two, but it's just slightly different. How can this be simplified? Okay. And question number four, how can I show myself love and grace right now? 
How can I show myself some love and grace right now? Because the moment we ask ourselves that question, an answer will start to formulate because our mind doesn't like unanswered or unfinished things. So ask yourself, how can I show myself a little bit more love right now? How can I show myself a little bit more grace right now? So just a little review of those four questions. I hope you wrote them down because these questions will serve you in so many ways, okay? How can I make this more fun? How can I make this easier? How can this be simplified? And how can I show myself love and grace in this moment and in these things? Because I had a conversation with a dear friend this morning and she was telling me, she's like, Kelsey, I know what I need to do but I'm not doing it. So I don't trust myself to say yes to new things because I don't trust that I will do it. She's like, I know I shouldn't eat junk food, but I like it. And I don't want to like it. I want to eat foods that are nourishing. And she's like, I know I should have morning meditation, but I don't want to do it. But I also want to do it, right? And so whenever we have these parts of us that wants to do one thing, but the other part doesn't want to do the other thing, that is actually, think of it like Russian dolls. Like, you know, like where you open it up and there's another one and you open it up and there's another one and you open it up and there's another one. That is similar to our psyche, meaning we have our adult self and our adult self wants to be loved, seen, and heard by the world around us. So we will show up for the things that other people have asked us to do because we've made a commitment to them and we will bend over backwards to make sure it's done. But then there's the inner child within and the inner child wants to be loved, seen, and heard by the adult you. And so if we are making promises to ourselves that contribute to our joy or contribute to our peace. It's normally an agreement between your adult self and your child self. But if you continue to ignore your child self and say, hey, go sit in the corner because I got work to do and we we don't have time to do those things, then guess what? Your inner child starts throwing a fucking temper tantrum because she wants love. She wants attention. She wants to be seen. She wants to play. She wants to hurt, be heard, you know, all of these different things. And so if you ever feel like you have this little war going on with yourself where you're like, I want to do this, but I keep sabotaging it or I keep not doing it. Like, why am I not doing it? Sometimes the adult self, who we are, you know, as adults, will start to classify things as worth your time or not worth your time. And a lot of people that I've worked with and I continue to work with, and I know it's because this is the exact thing that I struggled with. So naturally we attract clients that are experiencing things, blah, blah, blah. So I used to attach my productivity to my self-worth. So if I wasn't getting a lot done, then I wasn't feeling worthy of a comp, like I I wasn't feeling like, oh, I'm doing a great job in life unless I was getting a lot of shit done. And I was so used to needing the validation from other people that I didn't know how to be like, oh, I got a lot of things done for myself with myself because no one else would know about it. And so I think it's a muscle to learn to do things that only we ourselves know about without needing the validation from other people to say, good job, thank you, yes, yes, you know, to be like, thank you, thank you, thank you, right? Because that's the adult self that needs to be loved, seen, and heard from the world around us. But your child self only wants to be loved, seen, and heard by the adult you. And so starting to create that connection with the inner child of even being like, I see you and I love you, what do you need today? And it might be the most random things that come to you. Maybe it's like, I need a walk or I want to put on some Dixie Chicks or I want, you know, whatever it might be. 
and giving that to yourself and knowing that like personifying your inner child, personifying that part of you that wants to be loved, seen, and heard only by you. But if we continue to put those needs that we have for ourselves in the corner, you know, the inner child starts to shut down. And when our inner, and think about it, like an actual child, if an actual child was in front of you that says like, I really, I want to hug. <laughs> I want to go play. I want to have fun. Right. Or, or a little child is like, so-and-so says that I'm, I'm not good enough. You know, and then the, imagine talking to a child, you'd be like, oh baby, but you are. And what would you like to do? Like how, let's go have some fun and do this. You know, obviously we can't let the inner child run the show or else we would never get anything done and it would be play all the time. And then that would just create a fuck ton of anxiety <laughs> for our adult self, right? We, we would get anxious if we weren't doing things that, um, we know we need to do. Um, but slowing down enough to put pen to paper. For example, if you're like, oh, I heard journaling's good. I need to journal. Set a three minute timer, put pen to paper and write and whatever comes through, let that be enough, right? This is where we get to start to soften with how we talk to ourselves of what is qualified as enough, because if it doesn't feel enough, then we're like, oh, but it's not worth doing it. And so start to notice, um, what those qualifications are for enough. So with journaling, setting the three minute timer, if you put pen to paper, you've won meditation. Maybe it's a walking meditation. Maybe it's a guided meditation. Maybe it's, maybe it's just taking a couple deep breaths. Honestly, a beautiful chorus is an incredible, they're like a singing group. Choose one beautiful chorus song, listen to it and breathe. And let that be your morning meditation because we have to ease into it and allow it to be enough versus making it need to be extravagant to be worthy. And so those are a couple couple thoughts that have been coming to me based off a conversation I had this morning with a beautiful woman that is actually here in this room that I have so much love for. It inspired this live talk and the topic for the podcast today. Um, and then the other part is learning the all or nothing, the all or nothing mentality of it needs to be totally elaborate and perfect, or I'm not doing at all. And this is the issue is sometimes that works and the satisfaction is so good, right? When it's like today I'm going to do this and we do it all and we feel great. But then the next day we're like freaking exhausted. So we don't do anything, you know? And so whenever we have memories of it working, it it's like this dopamine kick of like, oh, and it can work again, right? But it's not sustainable. And like sustainability, I think, is a big thing that everyone wants. Um, and so that brings us back to that other point of slowing down to do things once, doing things once, not returning back to it. You know, if you say, if you say you're going to do something and you're like, oh, I'm going to do that later. And if it's something that takes just a couple minutes, Mel Robbins is an incredible artist or artist. Well, I guess kind of, but she's an author and a researcher and she has something called the five second rule. It's five, four, three, two, one, go, right? Whenever there's something that needs to be done, especially if you know it's something that's not going to take a long time, that's when the mind can even say, oh, it's not going to take a long time. Let's do it later, right? Versus 
I thought of it, so I'm going to do it now because we want to learn how to do things once. Because if you see it and then you think about it and you go back, now you're doing a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time. So you've done it like 10 times in your mind without actually taking the action of getting it done. And you guys, I used to be the person that would have like clean clothes folded up on the counter or in my like laundry room for like a month. And then I would start going through and like grabbing the clean stuff I wanted when it would take me like 10 minutes to put my clothes away. But I kept, yes, like dishes. Yes. I used to be so bad at this or so good at this. And so start to use this as a mantra of like doing it once. I don't need to do it multiple times because although the mind thinks, oh, I need to do something that moves the needle more or that is more productive, all these little things start to accumulate and fill up our headspace that, and it blocks us from doing the things that um, really bring us joy when we have all these little things that start to build up and it blocks it blocks us from being able to hear our own creativity, our inspiration, you know, and inspiration is being in spirit, having that connection to spirit. And when we have that connection to spirit, we have connection to great ideas and all kinds of amazing things. So so I have a coaching call that's about to start in one minute. I was on a mission to do this podcast, even though I knew it was such a small time. Okay, and Kelly, love. If you go to Joyfully You Podcast, you can listen to this exact recording that you are listening to right now because it is going to be published in an hour and a half. So you actually can re-listen to this. It's called Joyfully You Podcast. So I'm going to end it right here. Thank you guys for tuning in on the live. I hope you have an amazing Thursday. And for those of you listening on the podcast, I love you so much. Um, I'm Kelsey Lowe. I'm your host, self-love and empowerment coach, and I will see you on the next episode. 